Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. What's up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, and today's show is a big one. Now, I know you're going to absolutely love this episode as I sit down and have a chat with Izar Basha. Now, if you are someone who trains in the gym, you've used supplements before, then the chances are you know exactly who EHP Labs are. Now, Izar is the man behind EHP Labs, the man behind one of the most powerful supplement companies in the world right now with some of the best products and he has an amazing story and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So make sure you stick around for the whole episode. Let me know what you think of the show. Please do leave a review and of course, if you aren't subscribed to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast already, hit that subscribe button. Let me know what you thought of today's show. Let's get stuck into the interview. All right, is welcome to the show, man. Um, absolutely stoked to have you on the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, and I know the audience today is going to take a lot of value from uh, our interview today. So, welcome, man. Thank you, Daniel. Absolute pleasure to be on uh, on the podcast, my man. Awesome. So, I want to get stuck straight into it today. I've got a bit that I want to get through. Um, really want to pick your brain, pick your brain on a few things. So. Let's start the interview off by, I, I want to find out what inspired you to stay motivated during your studies and take education so seriously. So um, for those of you that don't know your story, do you want to give just a quick background about the, the education part of your um, your upbringing, I guess, early on before you started EHP Labs? Yeah, absolutely. Um, went, through, went through school, uh, family migrated to Australia from Fiji when I was five years old. Went through school, uh, it's up and down, it's a bit of a journey. I didn't immediately loved school. Um, I was more into sports. I was more into, uh, into my basketball, into my rugby league. And I was playing semi-professional basketball for Parramatta Wildcats. And I remember when the U.S. national squads came out to pick uh, the, the top 16 basketball players uh, that were, that were uh, under 12s. And I think I was 11 or 12 at that stage. Man, I was, I was 5'11 when I was 12 and I was dunking from kind of grade <laughs> 6, grade 7. So it was, it was one of those things where, you know, when you just have a natural affinity to something as a kid, you generally like it. And especially if it starts to get attention. Uh, and Australia is amazing uh, like this. And so is the United States and that we celebrate sports so much. So it was definitely, um, I was definitely skewed or had a propensity towards sports initially. Uh, school didn't like, it, I mean, my family was always very academically skewed, um, but it didn't come to me, uh, I suppose, I didn't have this natural inclination to just want to do well initially. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm at this kind of trial, and, you know, 11 years old, and I went up for a dunk. I was trying to impress the guys, the, 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 the scouts there, and I remember dunking and hanging on the ring trying to show off, and I fell down, and I ended up um, fracturing my wrist, and I, I still got two, two pins in my left wrist, and now it's starting to become a little bit arthritic at the age of 34 which is unfortunate, but um, I remember my dad sat me down and he goes, Iz? Uh, he actually never called me Iz. He used to call me Izu, which is kind of my Fijian nickname. And he'd be Izu. He goes, Izu. Now, uh, imagine you had a family and how are you going to work? You're useless. And I remember just going through life with my dad telling me if I, I sat and did nothing that I was useless or I was good for nothing. And so I just went through life growing up, man, like just with this kind of inner desire and, and constant um, my environment around me consistently in reinforcing to me that I needed to deliver something valuable to, to this society and I needed to do the best I could at every single thing. Um, coupling that element 
with uh, also seeing our parents working so hard, dude, like typical immigrant story. America and Australia are very similar to this in that we are the lands of opportunity for, for any immigrant. And um, even the, ang- ang- I even regard, I mean, like, you know, the, the, the Anglo-Australians in Australia are immigrants. I mean, like our whole story here in Australia is the underdog story. Like, you know, it's a battler that comes through and, you know, is able to fight adversity head on and, and, and you know, take shit on and, you know, not be um, intimidated by, you know, the big competitor. And I think that's what really defines us and separates us as being a smaller nation, but so prevalent in the global stratosphere. And that we get out there and we just absolutely dominate Australia. So I'm super proud, man. I think the, the bit that I was trying to talk about where I, I mentioned the immigrant story is that, dude, when you come to this country and you see your parents working their butts off, like two jobs each. My dad worked nights as a security guard. My mom worked nights as a nurse. And in a day, they'd then come home at like five or six in the morning, sleep for two hours, wake up again, never complaining once. And dad would go uh, at his day job as a project manager uh, with a housing department helping to build housing for the indigenous communities, and mum would go to Commonwealth Bank and work all day as a teller. And dude, this is what I saw day in day out. This is what I saw: not a single whinge, not a single complaint. I didn't see my like, my parents weren't around all the time, but I think the impact of them had a profound impact on me in that I needed to ensure that their sacrifices weren't in vain. And what I mean by that was. Um, there's constant reinforcement that education is your, is your key, is your tool. It's an asset that I have. And I realized that probably when, you know, when I broke my wrist in, in, uh, in grade, you know, grade six, grade seven at that time, when I was about to be selected to go play ball in, uh, in, uh, the Florida development squad. Anyway, uh, long story short, dude, um, started to listen. I think that's what started to happen. I just realized, Hey, if I listen to teachers in school, man, I kind of get this shit. It's not that hard. Like stuff makes sense to me, and I've actually got um, Danny. I, like people who are close to me know this. Um, I've got an audiographic memory in that um, whatever I listen to, I generally have the ability to remember verbatim, which is a, a cool kind of superpower to have in my in my artillery. Mate, I would um, love I would love to steal some of that. <laughs> dude, it's personal blessing at the same time because like when I have an argument with someone, unfortunately, like I remember that. <laughs> and, um, you know, now with my team, you know, we've got, you know how many people are in our team, right? Yeah. With the HP labs, dude, like, people don't get away with shit. And sometimes I feel sorry for them for that reason. Like, they'll be like, oh, fuck, you remembered, dude. And I'll be like, yeah, you know, I don't forget, I don't, I don't forget stuff. And so, yeah, it's a strength and, uh, and a blessing and, uh, and a curse at the same time. But I, um, I focus on studies, uh, got to about year 10. Um, and that's where the real kind of shift came. I, I kind of sucked at maths. I was, I was generally okay at the rest of the subjects and I sucked at maths and I was able to turn things around by just, you know, thinking to myself, you know what, I'm not good at this. It's my weakness. Therefore, I'm going to address it rather than sweeping it under the, under the rug. And I went from like the year before being like ranked in the middle of the grade to, to you know, to, to, to kind of coming first in every subject. And I was like, fuck, you know, this shit is actually, I, I feel empowered by this stuff, you know, like I, I, I'm learning more. I'm helping my friends around me that don't get this stuff. I'm helping them. It's pretty cool. Um, so we're in like year 10 and it's a summer holidays. And obviously I'm, I'm kind of like jaded from basketball now. My sister's in, I think, third year pharmacy at that stage. And she had these text, chemistry textbook flying around the house. And I thought, you know what? My sister's studying all the time. Like, I, I wish I could kind of help her out because this girl doesn't go outside. She, yeah, I'm, I'm around riding my BMX bike and just, you know, enjoy myself and, She's inside, you're studying all the time. So I pick up the chemistry textbooks and um, I think it was a summer holiday, six weeks. I think in about four weeks, I finished reading her, uh, her, her third G chemistry syllabus textbooks and taught myself university level chemistry when I was in grade 10. And oh, really? that was all so I could go back and help her out, dude. So I was there doing, helping her out with her, 
with her chemistry assignments. Skip a few years ahead, um, studied really hard, got 99 in my HSC. Um, I got a full scholarship to Sydney Uni Law School, so I did a combined degree, commerce and law, um, double majored in finance accounting, graduated first class honors, dude. So that's that education story. Shit, man, I'm glad I asked. That's that's interesting, very interesting. I find that very interesting. Um, and, and you mentioned that you're in law now. Um, what was, I guess, what was missing for you when you were in law to completely change your path, which we'll go over uh, soon? Yeah, I don't think anything was missing. Um, I'm somebody who applies myself 110% at anything I do. Any environment you put me into, I want to win. And winning doesn't necessarily mean like stomping on other people's heads, but winning for me means being able to deliver on my desired outcomes on a daily basis. And so every single day I'd wake up very, very focused on what my goals were for that day. And whether that meant I'd work 18 hours a day, well, so be it. You know? And so, uh, to, I mean, to be 100% honest with you, you know, the, the frustrating thing for any junior person in any organization is your ability to really identify where your impact's going to be. Yeah. And I think if you were to ask me, what's probably one of the most frustrating things, what, what did I feel uh, hamstrung by or, or restricted by? It's probably my, my ability to get out there, you know, I was I 23 years old, to get out there and really be able to say, hey, um, you know what, company A or company B, you not only have these legal issues, but you have all these other issues, which I was identifying, but I, we couldn't really address those issues because we were just the lawyers. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was my thing, man, not being able to get in and, and, and I think holistically be able to address uh, and resolve, you know, situations, uh, you know, problems and just being able to, just being, I suppose, um, bottlenecked into, into only addressing, you know, one facet, whereas, Man, that's not, you know, that's not how I like to do things. You know, I, I like to kind of address everything head on and say X, Y, and Z are the problems. Let's now find solutions to them. Yeah, awesome. Now, I've been listening to your podcast, which has just launched, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the show, but uh, you had a, a bit of a hurdle to get over with your health. So I want you to tell us about that and also the experience, I guess, it taught you and how it helped you figure out your why, which eventually led to you starting you know, one of the most popular and influential supplement companies on the planet with EHP Labs. Yeah, firstly, thank, thank, you, know, thank, you, thank you for the amazing compliments, dude. Like, it's just, it's humbling to, we don't, I don't wake up every, every day thinking that, you know, and, and to be able to, you know, to talk, talk to somebody like yourself and, and, and other people, it, it's always humbling to just hear that, so to, thank you. Um, I, I, would, I was 26 years old, and I was the I was just appointed senior associate, which is kind of unheard of in the corporate law world. Um, I had to pretend I was 30 for about three years straight because there's this whole kind of bullshit hierarchical stuff that's based on longevity and how long you've been at a firm for to be able to then progress to the next level. And rather than focusing on merit, like I, I prefer you know meritocracy, i.e., however good you are, what value you deliver is is how you'll be recognized rather than valuing a person based on longevity. Because you can, you know, you can be there like dead wood, you know what I say? Like just kind of a piece of furniture and you know have zero freaking impact. But if if I'm able to to get in there and, and you know have big impact, then I kind of want to be recognized for that. So anyway, I worked my butt off, got promoted senior associate at the age of 26 at the time when the GFC was just going nuts, dude. People around me were battling depression because you know everything that that they'd worked so hard for they were that you know they just been made redundant their lives flipped upside down they they literally got invested in real estate and bought their homes and all that stuff and now they didn't have a job so you know people were pretty much up shit freak and at the same time I, I was lucky enough to instead of being um 
you know, fired from my job or, or retrenched, I was actually uh, promoted to senior associate, which was freaking awesome. And I thought, hey, my life's on track and, you know, I'll, whatever, younger senior associate in Australian court law history and I'm on the track to be a partner and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, as life does, um, got hit by a curveball and um, and it was seriously, you know, <laughs> literally to, to, to my guts, you know, and that's where I honestly felt the punch. And I got um, I got diagnosed with a debilitating autoimmune disease for any any sufferers of Crohn's or ulcerative colitis. You know, much love goes out to you guys for being able to battle and endure every single day, and to wake up every morning being stronger and tougher. You know, and to when p- people who suffer from autoimmune that that uh, disease that I do, you know, c- carry on life their daily activities. They may seem normal, but dude, they are walking around as though there's a dagger in their stomach because that's the amount of pain that they have to endure. And so it was it was a, a challenging time for me, man. Like I was newly married. I was just promoted to be senior associate in this huge corporate law firm. Um, I come from an ethnic minority. I didn't go to fam- private, you know, fancy private school and all that stuff. Like I got to where I got to based on freaking hard work. And I've just now been punched in the fucking guts by being diagnosed with this autoimmune disease. I was like, come on, seriously. And I suppose, um, you know, being able to confront that and being put on medication at that time um, that you know, I researched into it and one of the side effects was freaking leukemia. So I like, kind of just dumped that and, and thought to myself, hey, I want to kind of treat and cure what I have through, through natural remedies, you know, through, um, through nutraceutical um, supplementation and just getting my life back on track and managing my stress levels and managing my, you know, my health and fitness. And so now I took a year off um, from, from playing the It's like I've literally been promoted to senior associate, worked my guts out for a year and then took a year off just to work on my health and fitness. Um, and it was amazing. I was able to put myself into remission by, um, by kind of treating, treating myself, managing my stress levels, managing my nutrition and diet and, you know, through the kind of the, the natural route. And that was my huge driving force to realize that I can have this profound impact on myself. I really want to be able to help others out there and, you know, whatever their health fitness goals are. And so funnily enough, around the corner from where my, you know, me and my wife lived, um, there was this store that just came up, you know, as an optometrist and the, the dude had retired is opposite fitness first in Randwick and fitness first in Randwick had 5,000 members and there's no supplement store around Randwick and I was a huge supplement junkie. Like I love supplements that like, dude, you know, you, you need to get health and you need to get your training and your nutrition right first. Like let's be, let's be hundred percent upfront with people and set the expectations. That's the key. That's your key kind of focus, getting those two things right. And once they're right, then supplementation there to take you to the next level to assist, to really help you push through those barriers and the boundaries. Um, and taking the next level, and it can really, really help you. And I've, I'm, I'm um, walking, talking, healthy, fit, and fighting evidence for that. And so, being such a massive advocate for what supplements did for me in my health, uh, and not just my physical health, but also my men- mental health and my confidence, um, it was it was phenomenal, dude. So we set up this little supplement store and ran that literally for three months and built this massive, thriving community. This is early 2012, um, at a time when uh, people, yeah, social media wasn't even used. The term influencer wasn't even coined, and we had no money for marketing or anything like that. So we literally just, you know, tapped into friends and uh, and acquaintances that we knew, personal trainers in the area, and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, we're helping people out, and everyone's creating this massive buzz and hype about you know DNA and Randwick Direct Nutrition Australia. And, 
It just went from there and we built this thriving community and we were helping people out on a daily basis. People come down and honestly ask me questions like, is, you know, what's the best stuff for X? What's the best stuff for Y? And I was just constantly, um, I was just so embroiled and caught up and, um, and obsessed about, yeah, what is the best? And I constantly look at, you know, some, some great products in the market. And I, I'd look at them. These are competitive doves and they're, and they're good. I'll look at it, some of the facts and the ingredients and be like, ah, oh, shit, they've underdosed this or damn, they've, they've missed out of that ingredient. Or you know what? It's, it's really silly to go and include caffeine and hydrous when you're going and putting in citrulline malate or, uh, or argentine um, or agmatine sulfate or arginine alpha ketoglutarate, which are meant to be nitric oxide boosters, which promote vasodilation, but you're now going to put in caffeine and hydrous, which goes and counters that because caffeine and hydrous is a vasoconstrictor. And so, dude, like, there'd be all these massive kind of conflicting stuff out there that didn't have merit in that science, didn't have, you know, any of the efficacious dosing that started frustrating me. And so I remember that time, and you know this guy, you know, Chris, Chris Anastasi. So, so I, was, I, was, I was running, um, it was a retail supplement store, DNA, yeah. and it was, it was in Randwick. We set it up. It was only three months old, and, and me and my wife set that up, and um, we were retailing all these, all these, you know, big U.S. brands. I'm, I was a massive fanboy of these big U.S. brands, and uh, it was extremely frustrating seeing the, the flaws or seeing the shortcomings mm. of these products and and when, when our customers would ask us what's the best, I'd have to kind of like, you know, like, like kind of scrunch up my face a little bit and say, ah, oh, this one for this or this one for this, but nothing really ticked all the boxes. So, um, yeah, the, I had a dude managing the store at that time and you know him, his name's Chris. He said to me, hey, is why don't you, man, like, go stop whinging and go and create your own amazing stuff um, and tick all the boxes that you want to tick. So I literally Googled best place in the world to manufacture small supplements and small <laughs> supplements. Watch the doco um, and all of a sudden took the next thing, you know, I'm, I booked my flights to Salt Lake City and found a contract lab and got in there, started formulating, created OxyShred and did now we're what, f- five years on and we've been able to impact over two million people's lives. You know, we hit our two millionth unit of, of production of OxyShred a few months ago. It's amazing. By the end of the, by the, end of the year, yeah, it'll hopefully be yeah, it's, it's scaling, dude. It's scaling so fast. It's scarily scaling. It's amazing that we get to have this positive impact in people's lives. But yeah, it's been pretty cool, man. That's awesome. So when when we go into EHP Labs, we talk about EHP. Obviously, the community around that supplement company is just amazing. What is the mission statement with EHP Labs? Okay, it's, it's really really simple. Um, it, it's in our ethos, which is trust results, be empowered. And so 99% of what we do, our, our inputs, um, 90, 99% of actually what we do is, is for free. It's all the kind of stuff, the value adds that we put out. It's the nutritional advice. It's the training advice. It's the mindset stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's their dispelling myths. Um, and where supplements fit in is, you know what, like if you trust us enough to know that we are here looking after your best interests, you know, um, in that we want to empower you to be able to confidently go out there and make the right decisions for your health and fitness, then we've ticked a massive box for that person because that person is now empowered to make the right decision. So once we can empower that person to make the right decision, right, and we've been part of that journey, that person can then make the decision as to whether they want to invest in us or not. And if we've helped them so far along this journey, then that trust factor is already built because trust, it's built over time, man. Like, 
you can't just go out there with some direct marketing stuff or, you know, flashing a product next to this person or that person or a booty shot or, a, you know, some girl with big boobs in a bikini yeah. holding a product next to her tits and, like, having that being your key premise of your marketing. Like, that's, that's kind of lame and, and, I mean, like, it's just, it's got no authenticity behind it. So, yeah, man, um, I suppose, like, yeah, where we are now, it's almost like, cool, we've empowered you. We now... Um, We've empowered you. We now, um, we now kind of have this responsibility to deliver on everything we're saying. Come, if you want to invest in our products, they're here. If you don't, no worries. Like they're not essential. Will they help you most? Most definitely. And if you invest in our products and invest in yourself and your own health and fitness and your own um, longevity, how long you want to live for, then we're here for that. We're here to partner with people and, and be there and hold their hand through this entire journey because it's freaking scary to make a change. And once they can make a change in their body, you'll be so amazed at how they make this kind of mental change, this psychological change. You know, they walk around with this swagger. You know, mm. they walk around with this smile. You know, they're dominating their career. They're dominating their work every day. You know, they're, they're dominating their studies. They're dominating, they're killing in their relationship, you know? You're taking, con- taking control of their life. One million percent. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, that's our, that's our ethos. That's, that's everything that, that we're about, man. It's just, it's all about... Perpetual positivity and continuous never-ending growth, not only what we do, but what we're able to instill in other people. Amazing. Yeah, and I can confidently say like one of the things that has has, um, has drawn me into EHP Labs in the past and now into using your products and even just being a part of the community is is that exact fact that it is a community and it, it, you know you go to a uh, go to an expo where you guys have a, a stand there and it's just so obvious straight away that it's not just a supplement company it's it is a community it's almost like a big family and um, it's it's really really impressive with what you've what you've done what you've managed to build thank you Danny all right moving on so I wanted to this is this is kind of a little bit to do with EHP and just to do with stuff that you've kind of done through your life in general. So has there been a certain failure or, you know, there might be multiple failures and I'm sure there is that has helped you shape, uh, you know, the way you are today and also your work ethic? Um, look, dude, I, my definition of life is a series of problems. That, that's how I define life. Like if, 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 if you think life is all rainbows and unicorns, you're delusional. And that's what's going to cause you issues and anxiety and stress and depression. If you can view life as a series of problems and living life as your ability to go and find solutions to those problems, you're going to crush. You're going to crush shit, right? And so, for me, dude, I'm 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 failing every day. I'm failing every fucking day. Like I set my goals that high. Every single thing you want to ask me, every facet you want to go, go and identify is is like I'm not I'm not hitting the mark. But my goals and my aspirations and my personal KPIs are that freaking high that if I miss them, you know, they say that lame old saying, like, you know, shoot for the stars and if you miss, you'll, you'll land in the clouds kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's that kind of analogy. Um, in business, if you look at business, what, what, what was, um, I suppose, what was a big turning point for us was um, fire hosiery, man. Like when, um, you know, a business that my wife and I started in the designer hosiery um, you know, in the tights and stockings game, these are like, you know, we're competing with brands like Wolford and, um, and Levante and those kind of brands. Um, it was, yeah, it was a bit of an eye opener. I suppose a, a bit of a lack of understanding. Here we are selling tight, you know, coverings that people are meant to put onto their legs to prevent, um, to kind of keep them warm in a country that is like 90% hot and sunny for the rest of the year. <laughs> So um, I think one of the biggest things for me there was, look, 
understand where there is a need and a want for things. Like, go out there to solve a problem rather than trying to look good. And so my whole thing has, like, like if you look at me, dude, like my biggest thing is shoes. Okay, like I, I'm a massive shoe guy, but I'm not a big fashion guy. Like half the time I look like a freaking dag. If you look at my shoes, my shoes are freaking dapper. I love my shoes. Yeah. So like my whole thing is, like, the shoes are the things that are meant to be carrying me. Is there the foundation of my whole um, like physical kind of activities during the day? I want that to be good. I want the core foundations to be good. And I think that was one of the biggest lessons that I, Katie and I learned through Fiozu was like, just ensure that we get that thing right like ensure that we get the the product right and the, the audience right awesome and now you obviously surround yourself with a lot of successful and like-minded people have you noticed a pattern or a trend amongst these people um as you know all, all the all, almost a reason why they are so successful at what they do yeah absolutely absolutely uh, we solve problems so one of the biggest things that I've identified, one of the key differentiating factors from people who are, you know, uh, quote unquote successful, um, is that we don't sit back and, and dwell on the problem. 99% of this world sits back and talks about the problem, not just their own problem, other people's freaking problems, problems in TV shows, irrelevant, stupid shit people are focused on. The 1% of people, right, people in quote unquote successful people. They spent their time finding problems, innovating, creating opportunity. I could carry on this topic because I'm so passionate about it. Like one of the key things that you need to do, you know, one of the key things that you need to do, one of the key attributes you need to have to be the Basher Effect podcast. Dude, the entire freaking podcast is premised on that. That topic is what the podcast is about, you know? So um yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you, you've listened to the first few episodes and you've seen what I'm about as a person, what I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with performance. I'm obsessed with excellence. I'm obsessed with finding solutions and not sitting back and being, you know, okay with something not being delivered. Like my, my team around me every single day constantly flips out how, you know, we'll hear from a vendor or a logistics company or one of our uh, distribution partners in whatever country, you know, something can't be done or something difficult. And they'll see how hard I push, fight, strategize, problem solve to deliver a result uh, that aligns with my desired outcome. Awesome. Amazing, man. And, and you just touched on the Basher Effect, the, the podcast you've just launched. I'm going to make sure that I have uh, the link to your show in the show notes below. So everybody listening, do yourself a favor, go and subscribe, uh, have a listen to the episodes that is has up already. Now, man, before we wrap up the interview, I want to ask you whether or not you have a morning routine or rituals that you like to do. Um, for those listening, I, I got up, I sent is an email last night and I woke up this morning at my usual 4.30 a.m. wake up and uh, already had an email back from is at four, which I was extremely impressed with. So do you have a morning ritual that you follow each day or is it just kind of take it as it comes? Um, look, you know that, that whole topic where I addressed before, I'm constantly, um, I, I'm constantly on the, I'm constantly swinging, dude. Like, I, you know, I, I've got my arms, like if you want to analogize this to boxing or MMA, like my hands are constantly up. And yep. I'm ducking, weaving constantly, you know. And then, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to identify where I want to lay the hit. And when, when I lay the hit, it's a power hit. You know, it's going to drop the person. And so, I can't. Uh, I'm not uh, necessarily a, a, a creature of habit. Um, I think when you become a creature of habit, you bec- you start to 
um, man, you start to become a robot, dude. Like you start to everything just becomes synchronized, and and that's okay. Like if you want to do certain things every single morning, and you you have a cycle or you have something that works for you, great, whatever. Um, but for me, if I go to bed at uh, one in the morning or two in the morning because I've had to stay up all night and resolve issues with our warehousing in in Dallas or in uh, Los Angeles or in New York or you know whatever issues you've got going on at whatever time, I'm not going to wake up at four. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And um, last night I ended up going to sleep at uh, quarter to eleven. And so yeah, this morning my eyes opened up wide, fresh, four a.m. Bang. And like if I do get up at that four a.m. early time before the sun's out. Um, I get my phone out and I sit in bed and I start to go through all my emails and I, I start to, I, I want to start the day off positive. I then sit in bed before I even get out, I close my eyes and it's not so much like a formal style meditation, but it is, um, I suppose, self-awareness or self-reflection about what I'm going to be achieving that day. Um, so I start to think about all the things that I want to do. And before that starts to build up anxiety in me, I then switch my um, thought processes to start to really think about what I'm going to be doing that morning immediately. Because the biggest thing that builds anxiety up in people, dude, is uncertainty. Uncertainty breeds anxiety. And so what I try and do is remove as much uncertainty from my life as possible and build the infrastructure around myself from the morning, from the time I wake up, to have um, a, a clear infrastructure set out for my day, a clear plan. And if I've got that in place, man, then I'm, I've started the day with a right foot forward to get out there and really dominate, you know, really dominate. And when I mean dominate, I like to give analogies, sporting analogies, because I, I, I played sports, I love sports. I like to really get out there and I dominate, which means like we're going to win that game. We're going to deliver, we're going to achieve on our desired outcomes. To me, that's my definition of winning. Awesome. Guys, guys that are listening, guys and girls that are listening, it's easy to see or to hear why uh, Iz is so successful. Now, lastly, before we, we finish up this interview, is what is next for you, man? Dude, it's to continue, I think, more on um, what I've really recently become fascinated about is the power of story. Like, my, my people from Fiji, so to give you a little bit of history, um, the English, the English went to India and Afghanistan 250 years ago and picked um, what, what, what I like to call you know, the biggest and strongest um, and took them to Fiji to work on the sugarcane field. That's where my people come from. 200 years ago, my people were sugarcane farmers. Well, going back one generation, my dad's father was a sugarcane farmer. My dad got his first pair of shoes at age 18. Um, you know, like w w when you come from a hard working background, dude, um, you know, language and literacy and all those things kind of they get me started so the power of story has been amazing and I've, I've developed this newfound appreciation and gratitude for story and your ability to touch emotions your ability to drive like like Martin, look at look at these amazing people in history Martin Luther King you know he brought about certain actions through story you know Oprah Winfrey who I view as one of the most powerful women in the world why is she do why is she so powerful what is she able to do? She's not physically powerful. She can't go bench press shit. You know, like she, she's not like the physically powerful, but can she bring about change? To me, that is power, to bring about change. And the, the biggest uh, asset or tool in, in being able to bring about change is the art of story. And I've really started to invest my time into this. And for me, it's more of a philanthropic journey. Um, as you know, I've got autoimmune disease and it, it, it's, it's, it's not pretty. And so while I'm here on this earth, like, yeah, it's great to set up, you know, what amazing, um, amazing businesses and have phenomenal products that change people's lives and, and those people go out and do amazing things. That's that whole legacy thing building. 
But Danny, to, honestly, man, my biggest thing is to is to be able to now, now, like going forward, is to be able to share my stories, my wisdoms, my key learnings, and to be able to really instill the values in people to bring the best out of themselves every single day. Well, man, you're going about it uh, on the right path. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are stoked to see that you've started a podcast and are going to be, you know, eager to follow along what with you, that. You, have you listened? What, what do you? Any feedback? Man, I love it so like, far. Would you I, like to send me interview on there? Apart from you, I genuinely, <laughs> yeah. genuinely, this morning started listening to it, um, and after the very first episode, it just drew me in. Um, it was funny, like I was, I was actually going to mention this to you after the interview, but I may as well do it now. Is uh, man, like even even this morning, like I I kind of like really drive. You know, I have my own internal um, factors that I feel motivated and driven by, and I think that's extremely important to have. But even uh, I I really thrive off other people's kind of passion for success. And this morning, just waking up, like you know, usually there's no one up when I get up, and to see that you'd already emailed me, man, like that had me buzzing. Like I was pretty tired when I woke up, and I was like, fuck, man, I'm gonna absolutely crush it today. Like Iz is already up, getting shit done, and um and listening to that first episode has really drawn me in. So I think you know the the following that you're gonna get and the audience are really going to um really going to appreciate the content that you have to share. Just as I've I've really appreciated you joining us today on the show, man. So Thank you so much. No, thank you, Dave. I really appreciate that, man. Like for me, that that the Basher effect. It's um, it's part of that philanthropic journey. It's free. There'll never be any ads on there. Um, there's no talk of any product whatsoever at any point in time. There's there's nothing. Um, this whole thing is for, for people to realize um, and, and truly get an insight into. Like we live in an amazing time now. Like go back, go back. Um, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Would any CEO be sharing stuff out there for free? People would have to go to seminars and courses and pay, you know, a few thousand dollars to get into a room to hear a CEO talk. Now, now we do this stuff, man. Like, there's just so much accessibility for information. And I urge people, man, like, like my my request, my biggest kind of um, my biggest yearning for for people is for them to be able to really embrace and harness all the amazing information out there, the things that you put out, Danny. The things that all the other amazing podcasters and YouTubers are putting out, man, it's all there for the people, man. It's all there for the people to, to improve, and, and that's what life's all about, bro. Amazing. Thanks so much, man. I really do appreciate you coming on the show today, and I know the audience will have taken a shitload away from today, so just, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Danny. I really appreciate it, my man. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. As always, make sure if you've enjoyed today's episode, take a screenshot on your phone right now and within the next 30 minutes, go and post it onto your Instagram story, your Snapchat, tell a friend about it or post the link on your Facebook. Uh, The more ears we can get on the podcast, the better. Hope you're having a fantastic day and I look forward to chatting to you again in next episode.